You are listening to Talent Pod from Talent FM. Your host is Nikki Dallas. So good morning. Today I'm talking to Emma Burdett, the founder of Wilds, Women in Leadership Deliver. So good morning, Emma. Hey, Nikki. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Yeah, it's my absolute honour and um, privilege. I'm always grateful to be invited on talk. So thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Um, how could I not have you with, with a business name like Wild, Women in Leadership Deliver? I love it. Absolutely love it. So, so tell me, what is Wild? Yeah, sure. So I created Wild actually in July 2018, which is a platform for all women, existing and future leaders, to come together, network with purpose, create a sense of belongingness while sharing expertise and knowledge. Wild is specifically for women in real estate construction and interiors. So, you know, even if you're in FM or if you're in HR or accounting, if you work for a real estate or a construction company, then you're, you're part of Wild. Fantastic, because your background's in interiors, isn't it? Yeah, sure. So I'd love to tell you the wild journey because I think that is quite inspiring for other women that might be having a hard time right now. I'd love to hear it. Tell me all about it. So I've lived in Dubai seven years. I'm obviously British. I have worked in sort of fit out and interiors and furniture. And about four years ago, I worked for a big global manufacturer And they had asked me, they saw that I had some close connections with women in the market. And they said, how do you feel about starting a women's network? And you know, Nikki, because we've spoken about this before, you know, gender balance and diversity is actually very hot right now. But four or five years ago, it was a little bit under the radar, let's say. I had a vision for this and it kind of all started with four women and a sheet of paper and I said you know I've got an opportunity to do this women's network really excited about it and it grew to about a group of 15 women which included JLL, Microsoft, a big local bank here, Perkins and Will, Ericsson And really, we got together to form a panel to motivate and inspire each other. We were getting involved with the local university. And this small network actually exploded overnight. And it was kind of bittersweet for me, really, because subsequently, my boss and co-worker got quite jealous of the success. And I got bullied for uh, four months and fired. So it's quite ironic, really, when, you know, I was asked to set up a women's network that that actually happened to me. As a result, and this is why now I'm really able to help and support other women, Nikki's, because, you know, I've been through a lot with this situation in particular. And what you start to realise is that with this experience comes a lot of guilt, Mm. um, a lot of shame. And a lot of feelings of not good enough and totally wiped your confidence. Mm. So I set off on an incredible journey of self-discovery, rebuilding myself. And I knew I'd done something great with this uh, network. And I realised that there was a wider opportunity in the Middle East to do something on a larger scale. 
So I was struggling to get a job in Dubai and I had friends that lived in Singapore and they had said to me, you know, come and have a fresh start. So I went to Singapore to have some interviews and I was driving my friends pretty mad. I mean, looking back, Nikki, I was so scared and vulnerable. I hadn't worked for six months. I was burning into cash. And they said, take yourself off to Thailand. And you know, Thailand's only an hour away. So I took myself off to Thailand. <laughs> I actually do this as a, as a keynote talk, which is a lot more dramatic because obviously I'm moving around. But it was kind of like Eat, Pray, Love, if you've seen the book, uh, read the book or watched the film. But Definitely have. <laughs> there was lots of eating, lots of praying, but not much loving. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three isn't bad. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So every day I was getting up, I really carried myself into my own self-development. I was meditating and I remember checking my phone and I'd got my final no from a job interview. And I literally had a breakdown and I hit my knees and I prayed for a miracle. And I always say this when I tell this journey that I don't think it matters what religion or what background you're from. I really honestly believe that we need to have faith Mm. faith in the universe god allah higher power love whatever you want to call it we need faith and i myself have been having some spiritual healing actually by a, a woman in the uk and she had said to me look for the butterfly it speaks of change and joy of which i thought what a load of rubbish So that particular morning, I literally got up, prayed, had my breakdown, prayed for a miracle. And it really was my rock bottom moment. I then went outside to go for breakfast and (laughs) there were tons of butterflies and they were all around me, nearly kind of all around my arms And I just stood there and was like, oh, my goodness, you know, is this the change? Is this the joy? And I felt really connected and just felt like a a surge of inspiration. And I went down to the breakfast hall and I opened a random magazine. And it was an article about gender balance. And the statement said in bold, which every time I tell this story, I get emotional and a tingle because it's just uh, obviously the journey and how this started. But it said, if you have a platform to be able to make a difference, you should use it. Mm. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to go back to Dubai. I'm going to build this women's platform for me, by me. And I felt compelled to write wild from scratch. And really my prerequisite was non-corporate, hence the name. Um, Wild, Nikki, is about authenticity. It's about freedom, expression, voice. And I was fed up of going to events that were, you know, so sterile, so contrived, And I just wanted to create something which was genuine and a genuine sense of solidarity and women supporting women. So I wrote Wild from scratch. I remember going to see a close friend of mine here and Wild was nothing. And I was like, I'm going to create Wild and I'm going to use the butterfly and I'm going to call it Wild. And he just looked at me like, 
wow, as in, I don't think he, he knew I could do it, but it was obviously just a pipe dream. Mm. So I held the very first wild event in the summer, which everyone told me not to do, but I did it because I don't know if you know, but Dubai gets to about 50 degrees in the summer and a lot of people are out of here. And there were 150 women and it was amazing. And I just stood there and I'm in business development, so I've always presented, let's say, but not to that kind of audience and I just stood there and gulped and was like I've actually got to deliver something uh, meaningful and Wild was born and you know we've gone on to do incredible work in the region we've done many events based I mean I've been doing online work in between with the Covid situation Wild has a great energy it's vibrant it's tangible and yeah, we've got exciting growth plans as well. So that that's the story. <laughs> I just love that story, Emma. And I just love that, you know, the, the authenticity that you tell it with and the, how it comes across. Well done for everything that you've done. It, it's obviously been a hell of a journey for you. And um, you obviously love what you're doing. 150 at your first event is phenomenal. What did you do to promote that first event? People had known in the market, the market here is quite small. People knew that I'd done a, a women's network before. Mm. And um, I think because I was just owning it, Nikki, mm. and being authentic. And I just, just used LinkedIn. I wasn't even really using Instagram then. I was just using LinkedIn and, you know, saying, calling all wild women. This is the other thing. Wild is also about fun and going wild and being wild because we get so bogged down in the seriousness of life that we forget to play and yeah that's really how I did it that's amazing I'm really really proud of you I think that you know you've obviously been through a hell of a lot and you know I'm I'm super proud that that you've come out the other side so well done to you I know when you're doing your own thing not many people give you a pat on the back so I'd like to give you that pat on the back right here and now that means a lot to me, you know, because it has been a hell of a journey. And, you know, I, this is why I'm, I really want to support and serve women because a lot of us are bullied or harassed mm. um, and we don't speak up for fear and guilt and shame. And I really want to be able to help women find and use that voice. Good for you. You also have um, Wild Woman Transformational Coaching, don't you, as well? Tell me a little bit about that, please. Yeah, sure, I could talk to you all day about gender balance and wild and and what we're doing. But everyone was feeling so motivated and inspired by the event. And they were coming up and they were going, wow, this is amazing. I feel like I'm ready to take on the world. And this is the other thing about industries. Let's just take construction as an example, which only 10% are women. There's a huge lack of female role models, you know, Mm. Um, and my old coaching was I kept thinking how can I inspire on a deeper level how can I serve on a deeper level and someone had said to me have you ever thought about being a coach and I thought oh not too sure one of the things that I really help women to get get to grips with is imposter syndrome and women can really hold themselves back and actually I had imposter syndrome when I created Wild, thinking, who am I to do this? Who am I to de- deliver this message? 
And anyway, I, I set up on a journey of, of learning to be a coach. I launched it in January this year. And I thought, how do I take the wild goodness and really impart that on a one-to-one level? So, and, and it's, you know, experiences that I've lived through myself and can relate to and talk about. Mm. So, yeah, that was really the next level. So is that one-to-one coaching or is that group coaching? How does it actually work? Yeah, it's mainly one-to-one. I have been doing some stuff with groups for corporates. So I either do private wild events or smaller workshops for women, either, let's say, employees, or they can invite a couple of their clients along. Of course, everything is online at the moment. So it's a combination of both, really. I think imposter syndrome is something that I can certainly relate to. And I know that most women listening will will have had that at some point in their career if they don't have it all the time. Um, it's something that I always have to tell myself, you know, to quieten down that voice and to just be like, stop, you know, this is this is you that's, that's judging this. No one else is having these thoughts and, and fears and concerns. So, you know, I certainly can relate to that 100%. Yeah, I mean, look, the biggest thing with imposter syndrome and having worked with women for a few years now, it happens at women at the top of their game. I mean, even C-level and, and managing directors. And, Absolutely. You, know, you can be in a meeting or go and see a client and you, you think you're just going to have this knock on the door and someone with a clipboard going, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> I love that yours is a person with a clipboard. It's very formal, your voice. <laughs> you're, you're in a dialogue that's very formal with his clipboard. Yeah, just that by security for being a Yours is far more dramatic than mine. Mine's, mine's just a little nagging voice at the back of my head that's like, really? Are you sure? Are you sure? You're okay? Are you enough? You know, that kind of thing. But I'm sure that we all have it. And th- this week, um, we're, we're recording this in the week of um, International Women's Day. It was obviously on Monday. And we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, I don't know what it was like in the UAE, obviously, where you're based. But in the UK this year, I saw far more information about it. The Choose to Challenge campaign was everywhere. I saw far more coverage than I seen in any other years was there more coverage in the UAE yeah I mean I think there can be some misconceptions about the UAE so let's address that Dubai is 90% expat you know it's an amalgamation of British Americans Canadians Australians so it's kind of like I guess a posher England with the sun you know there isn't this stigma which is attached to Dubai you know there's been some huge efforts here with choose to challenge there are a couple of things I would like to, to say. I'd like to be a little bit controversial about, about what I'm going to say. but Nothing wrong with contra- controversy? Two things. One is I am fed up of seeing, particularly on LinkedIn, and I think you've supported me with this. Listen, you know, diversity is not just a trend. Let's just get that right. It is not yeah. just a trend that businesses can get together for a PR stunt and stand there and say all the right things to then it not filter through the culture of the business. Mm. And I'm seeing it so much on LinkedIn in this day and age, Manals, which is all male panels. And I Manals, I love that. Absolutely love that. All male panels, Manals, love it. <laughs> Did you make that up? No, it's a thing. I hadn't heard that before. I love it. Yeah, and it's like, guys, don't put all male panels together and then when it's International Women's Day, 
tell us that you support us. That's this is a big no-no. Diversity is not just a trend, okay? Mm. Secondly, Nikki, this is something which I am very vocal about. Women don't support other women in other in all occasions. And you know, it's quite simple. If we are ever gonna tackle gender imbalance, we have to get this piece right. Yeah. I've seen too much jealousy, too much judgment and competitiveness. Mm. You know, we've got to support each other in a, a solidarity attempt if we are going to tackle gender imbalance. Do you think that competitiveness comes from a feeling that there aren't enough spaces at the top? So do you think that that's part of the patriarchy and part of the issue that, that we're addressing in that people feel that it isn't equal for everybody, so you have to kind of clamour your way to the top? Do you think that's where the competitiveness comes from? Yeah, I think there could be a degree of that. I mean, we know that women only represent, yeah, about 16% at director level, so there are less and less positions but I mean, don't stand on other women to get to where you. Oh, absolutely! I'm not not at all not at all. I'm um, saying that that's you know that no. that's what you should do. I'm I'm just kind of saying that it's also about you know men as well and and the systems making space for more women. And then I think that competitiveness won't need to be there or shouldn't be there. I think it can't just be relied on, upon women to right the wrong. It has to come from across society and across organisations. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so I did an INSEAD gender balance course last year and mm. you know, I thought I knew a lot about this subject, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and one, I didn't know as much as what I thought. It was massively insightful. And two, it made me really realise that I've been bullied and harassed all my career. And a big part of this is that, you know, this isn't that men are better than women or men are better than sorry men are better than women or women are better than men we complement each other we have different skill sets and a massive part of this is male advocates male advocates and champions for change mm. we need the men on board to make the difference absolutely and when we create that awareness and and there are some fabulous men out there that really you know, support and, and mentor women. And then there's ones that just aren't even aware of what this is all about. Mm. They just, you know, women's gossiping group kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, allyship is really important and it's definitely something that's that's gathering some steam here in the UK. You know, how to be a better ally, what allyship looks like and what you can do. So if you're sitting in a meeting and you notice that somebody keeps getting interrupted or, or spoken over or whatever, you know, speaking up for that person, either in the room or afterwards and saying, you know, this isn't okay, preferably in the room, of course, but, you know, giving someone that space to, to speak and so on. And, and, you know, allyship, I think is something that everybody can get involved with and should be thinking thinking about when they're looking around their offices and their workspaces and looking at the mix of, of diversity within their teams and so on. It's certainly something that sh should everybody should be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I've got some um, sort of quick tips on this that I managed to learn, but we can all be responsible for challenging bias, mm. you know, men and women alike. I think it all starts with creating the awareness. And there's a couple of very powerful things which we can all do. And, and I put a video on my LinkedIn yesterday, but one is flip it to test it. Mm -hmm. So if 
think that there's a gender uh, stereotype going on, flip the gender to the statement. So, for example, you would never, ever say to a man, who's looking after the kids if you have to work late? So we know that that's a bias, okay? Mm. The second thing is the amplification method. To, to your point, Nikki, which is, you know, women are held back in meetings because they get talked over, they, get, they don't get credit for their ideas, and so they can often feel intimidated to speak. Mm. And, and the amplification method means that if a woman does go to speak in a meeting, you address her by her name, you give her credit for the idea and build upon the idea. Mm. It means that she's respected and, and has her opinion and voice. Mm. And lastly, feedback norms, which is a massive thing. And I guarantee if you're a woman in leadership, you have been called too emotional or too aggressive or too... Oh, without a doubt, yeah. And that is not okay. That is not constructive. It is not valuable. You know, you know, uh, recruitment and, and feedback is a big part of your role, but feedback should be about the activity at hand, what you can do with suggestions to improve, mm. not all oh, you're just too aggressive, too bossy. I've had feedback once, I've had a lot of feedback for, from clients and I've noticed it now over the years. Now I'm doing a lot more work in, in this arena, which again is why I'm kind of really pushing forward in this area because I realise, you know, how asleep I've been to, to certain things and, you know, clients showing obvious bias when giving feedback. And, and you know, I, really I'm ashamed to say I, I didn't pull them up on it sooner, but I, I didn't really know what was going on to be honest but you know the important thing is that I know now and I, I'm doing what I can to redress that balance but it's shocking to me that this bias does go on and he's very open and very overt but he's just accepted and and just allowed and I think definitely the time is is now to, to change these things and the things that you're doing obviously are having a huge impact but those, those slip it to test it and the amplification thing are, are great great pieces of advice so thanks for sharing those I'd like to know how difficult it is doing what you do in a geography or territory like the Middle East that's not that well known for gender equality and is behind other countries in many cases. How does that actually work for you? We're not actually behind. I mean, um, the UAE has a massive push on gender balance and people don't know this actually, but the UAE in 2015 set up a gender balance council, 49 on the gender equality index. So, and I think there could be a misconception about the region. Uh, mm. I think some other regions in the Gulf are obviously slightly different. But I will say I love Dubai and their commitment to, they are visionaries here. And, you know, they do implement things and they do want to be good and make a difference. And the other thing that I'd love to share with you is about Saudi Arabia, which has been quite a mysterious region. Mm, absolutely. Lots of misconceptions as well. But I don't know if you know this, and I only learned this recently. I did an online talk with women from Saudi. And Saudi has these amazing growth plans for what they are calling Vision 2030. And they are realizing that they need other revenue streams rather than oil. And what they are doing is building, they're called giga projects. So they're building massive cities, which include hotels, restaurants, 
actually luxury beach resorts because Saudi border, the, the Saudi border coastline is on the Red Sea and it's mm. beautiful. And if you just look at the Red Sea development alone, it is this this growth is phenomenal. And actually, with that vision, Nikki, which is hugely exciting, is gender balance. What we are seeing, you know having now spoke to a lot of Saudi women. Saudi has created some amazing, ambitious, super smart women that are ready to get out into the world. And so I know you're probably going to go on to cover this, but, you know, Wild is expanding across the GCC and Saudi is actually one of the first places that we will be going to where countries like Saudi need a Wild, as in there isn't women's networks currently. Mm. So that's a region which is hugely, it's impressive, you know, and, and as I say, one of their key pillars is gender balance. That's really interesting. And I think that will surprise a lot of people to know that. So thanks for sharing that. Have you had any negative opinions of the work that you're doing? And have you hit any obstacles along the way? I would say that I've had pushback from the expat male community. Okay. Oh, you know, what's all these women? What's this wild? What's these women's groups about? And it, I mean, it's quite simple, you know. It's to counteract the boys' club. I mean, <laughs> I sold real estate software in London for most of my career, and I got thrown out of British Land's office in my 20s for being a girl. It's <laughs> quite a funny story, actually. Perhaps we can talk about that another time, but. We know, even now, the real estate market is an old boys club. It's known for being an old boys club. Mm. And all of these networks is where business is done. The golf course, you know, other, other drinks, parties or whatever. And women don't have access to those networks. And so this is the pushback that I've had. And then when I explain that, they're like, oh, oh right, okay then. And I think the thing with all of this, diversity and gender balance, because, you know, gender balance is one one small part of it, as, as you know. Yes. Uh, Can you share with me the good news stories that you're experiencing in terms of gender equality? I think it's really important to focus on the good work that, that you're doing and shine a spotlight on the positives. Can you can you share with me, you know, some, some sound bites of, of some successes? Yeah, I think the fact that the Wild Network, you know, it's a network at the end of the day. So women have managed to network and do business together. They've managed to get jobs or support each other to get jobs. You know, big thing about getting women into leadership, we call it the leaky pipeline, where we often see it like a JLL or a CBRE. There's loads of grads and, you know, women at junior level, but they start to fall off. Yeah. So it's really looking at what does hold women back. And as I say, women can hold themselves back. So we can blame society and and not having gender balance. So, you know, wild empowering women to be the best version of them is really the aim of the network. So I've seen lots of situations where women have walked out and they're ready to take on the world and gone, right, you know, I'm going to make a difference today. So that's widespread across the wild community. So I can't think of like an actual specific example, but just the network itself yeah, has gone on to do some great work. 
it just sounds so exciting. I'm almost jealous that I'm not in the UAE and could come to one of your events. When we can travel again, I'll have to come over and come to one of your events because I would absolutely love to. I do do some work in, in, in the Middle East for recruitment, so I could definitely uh, organise a trip when we're allowed to, to get on the aeroplanes again. So I'd love, love to come to an event. It sounds really inspiring. Yeah, I'd love you to come. And by the way, I'm always looking for um, guest speakers or partners for WILD. One of the things that I teach in my, well, not teach, but coach, you know, people fear public speaking more than death. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people do not want to stand and present. I've had coaching to do that and and I've kind of taught myself along the way because I I always do the wild keynotes, not so much in Dubai now because everyone knows me, but, you know, learning those tips and tricks to present with impact Mm. is a big thing. So if you're ever up for it... I'll definitely be up for it. I'll definitely come and do something when we're allowed. We'll definitely do that. So tell me, Emma, what are your ambitions for WILD? So it's quite exciting, actually, but we are expanding into the Gulf countries. So my vision was always to grow it outwards. So I partnering with a manufacturer who are called Huda Lighting. They're a big lighting company who really support the mission. And they've got a lot of locations outside of Dubai. So we are when we can do events, obviously, we are growing and we will be doing five events a year in places like Saudi, Jordan, Cairo, Oman, which is hugely exciting, Nikki, as I say, because these are regions that really need a wild. So that's the growth plan there. I am just finalising my website, which if anyone is in business and is doing a website, they take so long to get right. They do, <laughs> yes. I've just updated mine and it does. It's so much back and forth, isn't it? So what's, what's your web address going to be? Do you know? I have a domain, um, yep. yeah. and, you know, in terms of growth plans, I'm looking to do a bit of consultancy for women, sorry, for businesses that are wanting to look at gender imbalance within mm-hmm. the organisation, and obviously the, you know, the transformational coaching on a, on a sort of one-to-one level is really my passion. That sounds really exciting. So how can women find you, connect with you if they want to come to one of your events or they want to know more? Yeah, so I'm big on using LinkedIn. So obviously my name, Emma Burdett, or Instagram is Emma E. Burdett. I love to hear from anyone who, you know, is is serious about about change for themselves or, you know, men who want to support women through their organisation. You know, I'd love to hear from you. Emma, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you this morning. Thanks so much for sharing your truth and your story. And I wish you every success with Wild and look forward to seeing what you're doing in the future. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Nikki, for the opportunity. I've enjoyed our discussions that we've had. I think you're a trailblazer for what you're doing. I think that the world needs more of us. You know, I think it's brave and courageous to put yourself out there. You know, I had a lot of fear myself who am I to do this and dropping that ego and realizing that the message is bigger than you I think that's hugely courageous so you know massive well done for you for getting out your comfort zone and putting this together and right back at you Emma right back at you thanks so much for your time this morning see you soon bye bye you've been listening to the talent pod brought to you by talent fm 
You can find out more about Talent FM's commitment to non-bias hiring at www.talentfm.co.uk.